and welcome back for the March edition of the Two Asians Podcast, aka Tap X the End of the World. Joe and I are both in quarantine in our respective homes, unmarked locations in the United you know States of not, America. I'm not in quarantine. I'm just social distancing myself from the rest of the public. That seems to be like the accepted terminology and like the widely spread terminology. So I am social distancing myself from the rest of the people. Whatever excuse you can take to hang out with Ebony. (laughs) That's my dog's name, by the way. But yeah, you know what? She still hates me. We've been I've been hanging out with my dog um, day in, day out for the last week and a half. And she's still kind of a dick. Still kind of a dick. I, uh... I've been trying this thing where I've been trying to do, like... So my dog's nine years old, so at this point, she, she is what she is. And, like, she's, like, always been more of a cat than a dog. She's a miniature pincher, nine pounds. She's, like, tiny. You can just scoop her up and keep walking. But um, she's, like, really mean. But uh, I've been, like, trying to do what I've been calling positive interactions only, you know? Except so for, like, the last, like, week and a half... Like, no matter if she's acting out or trying to be a dick, like, I'll just, like, be like, hey, I still love you. You're a great dog. And, like, talking to her in these nice tones. Zero behavioral changes. (laughs) (laughs) Really disappointing. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just think a lot of people are spending a lot of time with their dogs. And I'm sorry to hear about Ibon, you know, but she's a lovely dog. She's beautiful. Beautiful, but just such a turd. Such a turd. She has. She, she can do some great tricks too, man. It's not like she kind of just like leaped up. She can. She's a jumper. Even for nine yeah. years old, I wouldn't have guessed. I thought she was a puppy. Yeah, she's just like a cat. She's got these like springs in her legs. But yeah, um, I've been quarantined. You're quarantined. Well, like I feel like quarantine is the wrong word. Self- it sounds as if we're actually sick. No, it's self quarantine. Well, right. I'm. Not, I'm actually lucky to have. I'm healthy. As far as we know. But yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, like, Vinny, what have you been up to since you've been working from home, self-quarantine, social distancing yourself, whatever you want to call it? Absolutely nothing, too. outside of those hours um but i guess when that when that's said it's funny because i was just talking today uh via chat honestly it feels like our life has become the circle which is a show on netflix where groups of people are put into an apartment building but they're not allowed to interact physically and all they do is talk to each other to gain popularity via a platform known as a circle so they just talk to each other all day, and then at, at the end of that, you know, the end of the day, wherever it is, everyone has to rank each other, like what top first, like coolest person to least cool person. And that least cool person has a chance to get kicked off the show. That's how it keeps going and over and over and over. But um, that's a roundabout way of talking about my week 
being that <laughs> I was talking about how I was looking forward to the weekend. I was like, well, what am I going to do? Uh, same thing Nothing. I've been doing for the past week, you know, it's just staying at home, um, trying to find excuses to take a long drive when I can. There's a lot of restaurants <laughs> that actually are still doing curbside takeout, which is like a, as a, as used term, as you'll see around like social distancing and, and self-quarantine and whatever. Yep. But curbside takeout, I'm glad a lot of these restaurants are doing it, man, because um, if I'm going to advocate for any message and promote anything to not sponsor or sponsor the pod, it's that keep supporting these local, local businesses, man. Support yes. these local restaurants. If they offer takeout, they need it because a lot of these guys, especially in this industry, had to lay off a lot of their workers, majority of their force, workforce. And if they're a small business in particular, it could be just like a mom and pop shop. So they're just they're not like struggling. But I don't know what this is going to look like a month from now for these places to have been closed for so long. I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do because I, you know, I love unsolicited advice as much as the next guy. But um, <laughs> when I talk about my weekend, I am thinking a lot about what I'm going to try to eat next. Um, but for instance, tonight, like Shannon and I went out, I, I made an excuse to drive out to this other city that's 30 minutes the other way, you know, in an undisclosed location, <laughs> yeah, somewhere. <laughs> lots of trees. It's oh, springtime <laughs> too. Happy spring. Um, but yeah, I drove all the way out there just to pick up some food and, and it was, you know, everyone has this curbside situation going on. So they just come bring the food out to your car tipped him nice and good no cash which i'm disappointed by because i still use a lot of cash but I, you know you pay over the phone did it online pretty seamless but yeah that was made my night a little bit more exciting because otherwise during the week i've just been cooking a lot and obviously yeah. trying to blur those lines between work and and home life so that's my general answer joe what have you been doing man dude so i mean you mentioned cooking and like Previously, my only cooking expertise is a reverse sear steak and Brussels sprouts. That's like the only meal I'm able to like make on my own without instructions. Explain that. Look, reverse sear steak sounds very sophisticated. It's like normally people like sear the steak on like the cast iron skillet and then throw it in the oven for a little bit to get like that good like medium rare thing going on. But a reverse sear is to do it the opposite way. So you throw it in the oven for a little bit and you throw it on the skillet and then you sear it. Oh, okay. I hear you. Right. And like get that allegedly sound like allegedly tastes better, or like different taste or whatever, right? But it just sounds cool to say to somebody, "Hey, tonight for dinner, we're having a reverse seared steak." You know? It just sounds like you're doing something spectacular, but really you're just flipping the order of the way you do things normally. So, um it's really just me being me. Um <laughs> Just trying to sound cooler than I am. But, um, but yeah, so, like, beyond that, I had no cooking expertise whatsoever. And so what I've done is I've been, like, getting recipes, um, you know. Actually, well, you know what? I've been trying to be, like, an actual adult. Getting recipes, going to the grocery store, buying things based off those recipes, and cooking an actual meal. Hey. Uh, so that's been exciting. Uh, I've actually mastered, like... Um, like, you know, when you're using like a frying pan, like you're able to like flip the veggies up in the air and catch them on the pan. Yeah. Dude, I got it down to a science. Like the flick of the wrist, dude, that shit's like on point. Dude. I'm really good at it. Now. Dude, it's just like a jump shot, man. You know, you, dude, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't know cause I'm a pretty bad shooter, but flick of the wrist, baby, flick of the wrist. Here we go. But, uh, so yeah, I've been cooking a lot. Um, work's been interesting. 
because uh, I think like the first three days of like this, so like I think we were told by my company to start working from home. So today's uh, March twentieth. Um, we're recording this at ten forty p.m. But like I was told to work from home. I think last Wednesday or last Thursday, last Wednesday, and um. So since I've been working, like the first, like so, like that Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, were just really weird, because like, I don't think, I mean, I'm just speaking for myself, but also for like a few friends that I was able to talk to at my office or like at work, um, was that like, we were all kind of like, tripped up about this whole like, coronavirus, like work from home situation, so productivity, was really low for those four days. But then starting Wednesday, I, like, really hit my stride, got my groove, and, like, actually figured out the whole work-from-home situation, like, how I'm going to actually be productive on a day-to-day basis at home. Um, Not to say that I wasn't productive on days that I had worked from home before. But um, we use Zoom as our video conferencing tool. We're going to blur that out. We're going to bleep that out. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, Unless... They want to bleep, bump, bump, sponsor the pod, you know. But um, their stock price has gone up like crazy. It's insane. But uh, that's beyond the point. Uh, I do not have any stocks in that company. I wish I did. It would have been incredible. I would have made a boatload of money. Unlike the, or no, just like that senator who had done insider Richard, trading. Richard, Richard Burr, <laughs> senator from North incredible. Carolina. Ooh, that was your guy? Yeah, Republic, Republican. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean... Uh, from a state that I don't know where you live. We're going to wear all that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, beyond that, um, what's it called? Yeah, so like, turns out you can change your background. I mean, I don't know if we can do it on Skype. So Vinny and I use Skype right now to like, talk to each other as we're recording the pod. But um, you're able to change your background. So I changed mine to the Oval Office. And it's gotten a lot of like positive reactions. People are like, oh, that's funny, you know? And so I've like enjoyed doing that. Um, but then beyond my work life, um, I actually just found out like four hours ago that I was getting, so I'm part of the, uh, blank state national guard, right? And, uh, I just got called by like my commander that I was being activated for state active duty, um, because our state is currently in like a state of emergency and they're activating the national guard in order to like help combat the coronavirus and so uh turns out i'll actually be taking at a minimum the next two weeks off of work and driving to that state to uh participate in whatever activities they ask me to participate in so that's interesting Hmm. but yeah so that's like my life at the moment i've been cooped up at home watching a lot of tv we'll talk about that later Uh, Vinny, you've been watching a lot of tv too i assume you know honestly it's kind of funny how this with the coronavirus hitting and kind of us, you mentioned you were getting self-quarantined or at least the work, you know, mandatory work from home as of like last Wednesday. And ours froze about last Friday. So I guess I'm like a week into it. Um, but no, it's funny thing about that, man. Like, I guess I'm trying to make lists and get excited about watching stuff. But I would say I was right at the point where I was like, I don't want to watch anything anymore. Like, I want to just do something else. It's it's funny. Yeah. I, dude, I've been, wow. I've been on top of watching TV. That's my life, man. I love, I love movies. I love TV. I love cooking. All this stuff that I, I already kind of enjoy doing. But um, I don't know. I mean, so to answer that question, not really. 
I'm trying to pick up some new shows. Like I started watching like, The Good Place. Yeah, dude, for real. It's more about me kind of getting excited about it. And I know like with work, it's not like I can just put someone on. Like I, I usually right. do want to wait till five. And by then I'm kind of cooking dinner. Okay, now I'm tired all of a sudden. I just feel like <laughs> it's like I, I don't have that ability to want to commit to something that even if it's good, like I don't really want to give it. Like I want to just do something mindless. I prefer that. Either. Right. Um, but it's funny, yeah. Like I said, they kind of line up with me being like, okay, I need to make a change in my life. And then Friday hits, and I'm like, oh crap! Like, <laughs> I've been making a lot, of, a ton of different lists though, like Corona V specific. Um, as far as like what movies I do want to watch, or like what TV shows I could be, I get into. Um, foods that because we went heavy on like the groceries last weekend. Not toilet paper, I assume. Not toilet paper. Um, <laughs> But we, I, I stopped by like you know a bunch of different grocery stores. I thought they were going to be packed. Luckily, they weren't. I guess people have already kind of run through it. But that was like Sunday, whatever. Um, but I went to the Asian grocery, which was not that busy at all. Tons of produce still, which is great. But I mean, I can't, I probably cannot say the same like this weekend. I feel like it really hit hit home, or like people were very serious because I was even at the the grocery store earlier you know today, um, and everything was like mostly wiped away. Um, but answer your original question, Joe, for what I'm watching. Uh, I'm not watching Westworld right now, even though I know that was like released last weekend, last Sunday or something, probably. Yeah. Um, and I think I just, in all this like boredom from the weekend or like I have the inability to be able to do anything else, I almost fooled myself into thinking that that was like a good TV show, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. I got like... excited for the premiere as if I liked the show. <laughs> Wait, I thought, see, like, I enjoyed season one. I thought it was a drag, man. I thought, really? I thought, I, I thought the whole show drag? was just so, so like, I'm going to come off really snobbish here, man, but I, I don't know. It's just a lot of nothing, man. It's kind of like when I'm just trying to answer a question I don't know the answer to, I just keep going on and on and on. <laughs> That's what the show is. So they speak in riddles half the time. That's true. I'm not saying I don't understand it. I'm just saying I don't have the patience for it, and I don't even really feel that invested in the characters. Do you, do you watch Rick and Morty, Vinny? I used to. <laughs> Do you feel like you had a high enough IQ to understand Rick and Morty? <laughs> Do you understand why it's funny that Rick turned himself into a pickle, Vinny? Yes, dude. That's 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 correct. That's that's my kind of show. No, actually, I think okay. I think you should leave. Because if you're show. smart enough, if you're smart enough to get Rick and Morty, you're smart enough to get Westworld. Do what? And that's a fact. Dude, Westworld just sucks, dude. It sucks. It's a bore fest. Don't 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 involve yourself, folks. Um, <laughs> Uh, HBO doesn't sponsor the pod, but they make a lot of great TV shows. If you're gonna put any time into anything, watch The Sopranos. Facts. Uh, we'll get to that later. Or I, I, but, I, I mean, you know what? I, what I really should be doing is I want, I want to take advantage of the time to catch up on Better Call Saul. That's a show I like as well. Ooh, you know, so I've been it's like, I honestly didn't watch Better Call Saul since like the first few episodes, because just because like, I, I, I don't know what caught like what I got caught up in it like during that time, but I just like put it on the back burner but i've been seeing like the rotten tomatoes posts on facebook saying that better call saul is a better rated show than um what 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 did it spin off from better breaking bad breaking bad oh my god sorry i'm like four glasses of wine in right now i was doing a virtual happy hour with some friends earlier and uh sorry if i ever lose my train of thought during the course of this podcast just blame the wine but um yeah so anyways back to rotten tomatoes they were saying that better call saul is getting better ratings than 
Breaking Bad was. Not in the volume that Breaking Bad was, but in terms of like quality of the show. What would you think? I don't know. I think, I think in, the, in today's society, we always have to kind of compare two great things and put them against each other. But I love Breaking Bad. Me too. I thought, Me I too. thought that was great. I, I haven't caught up to the last two seasons, but everything I've seen about well, everything I've watched with Better Call Saul, I've thoroughly enjoyed. Vince Gilligan's the man. Um, right. And so and for that, for that to be said, I can't, I'm not going to compare the two. I'm, and Better Call Saul's not even finished. So yeah, we see the whole thing. But I think I have something this about, is... um, what's his name? Bob Odenkirk. Uh, he's uh, Saul. plays Saul Goodman. Um, mm-hmm. And I saw, and I can't remember his actual real name on the show, but, but either way, no, I mean something so compelling about him. I like this. I like I love him as an actor. I think it's really funny too. So, yeah. So this reminds me of like I I what I had mentioned for. in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mentioned this in the last podcast. Sometimes it takes you being a side character in order to grow into like a main character. Oh, okay. And I think Saul Goodman is like a perfect example of that, where like he was so charismatic as a side character and like so funny. That they were like, you know what, let's create a spinoff. And the spinoff is actually, I mean, like, according to Rotten Tomatoes, like, perhaps just as successful as the original show. And I think this is, like, um, not to parallel this back to, like, what Parasite and, like, what other Asian actors are trying to do in, like, the Hollywood community. But, like, you know, it is a potential, it is a possibility, you know, for you to try and break in through these side roles and then become that kind of main lead that you're trying to become right i mean i think such a, you, kind of how that worked out it's like the scenes that they are in as a side character do they steal the scene do you feel like everything yeah. they do they, they only make it. better and right. i felt the same way with watching better like saw bob odenkirk why can't i remember his real name on the actual show better call Saul goodman no no his real name that was his lawyer name oh yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> okay Who cares? pause Who cares? i'm not gonna google right now because it's a lot of typing noises um yeah <laughs> But, uh, yeah, dude, talk about the way you, you kind of alluded to something about how our lives have changed, virtual happy hours, man. That's that's mapping for me, too, a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Better, I thought it was the same thing, like, sounded good in practice, wasn't sure how it was going to go, but pretty fun. Yeah, also, like, not buying drinks at actual happy hours. That's the best part. Save a, save a good amount of money at home, just drinking some wine. I would agree. Um but yeah, so like Vinny, what uh, what do you think are some positives that have come out of being quarantined? Like, do you feel like you and your wife get to spend more time together? Like, do you feel like your quality of time together or any any anything in general just has improved? I think that was a trap and also a test question from Joe. <laughs> Shannon, if you're listening, this is purely unprompted. So I would like to say that I've thoroughly enjoyed my time with my wife at home. It actually was funny because it wasn't anticipated for her to be work from home. Like that kind of just got thrown on her. And it's interesting because in my role. I feel like remote work is pretty seamless. Like you, feels like a natural transition. If anything else, you maybe take a dip in productivity because of the routine of going into the office, but having all the equipment and whatever. And I'm kind of working up. Like I think that's one of the, the first steps of me having everything kind of in line, having another monitor or whatever. But in that sense, yeah, it's great to actually be able to spend time because I think we always, when we are home together, I think we always try to make the, the most use of it. Or like she gets back and usually it's been a really long day. Same for me too. So we kind of just enjoy that couple hours, and then we're bite right back at it, right? But now we're actually having the whole day, so it's just different. It's a different, like uh, different vibe. But I think at the same time, like anyone else, you have to have a careful balance of that too, because I think you also drive each other pretty insane, like yeah, yeah, you know, for 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 other reasons. So that was probably one. I mean, but it's still a positive, I think, at the end of the day, because I think we we both are actually 
trying to set up those expectations for each other, talking, being like, okay, this is good, this is bad, just talking. Um, yeah. Overall, though, positives come in the quarantine. I find myself, let me just focus on a little bit of a negative first, is I was hoping that I can just, like, keep off my phone and maybe, like, use it a little bit less, but I, I, I find yeah, myself still, like, chance. stuck to my timeline for, like, Twitter, constantly refreshing, looking for entertaining, like, entertaining things to do. If I am working and listening to, like, the radio in the background, so I'm kind of always just in tune with the news, for better or for worse. Um, versus, like, usually I just get, like, that hour in my morning commute. I do like the, the ability to kind of not go through the commute at the same time. Because then I can actually do what I always imagine, like, getting up, having a cup of coffee, kind of easing into my day. And then once I actually, like, I kind of set that strict, strict timeline of, okay, now this is when I'm going to start checking emails. Like, this is when I'm going to start checking my phone for anything critical that I need to respond to right away. And then doing it that way versus kind of being like, my routine's always been like, I got to roll out of bed, hop into the shower, rush out of work, and like, there's no time to actually relax. Mm-hmm. And the commute actually isn't that relaxing to me, you know, for the most part. <laughs> um, but that's, that's a positive. And then other than that, I mean, I think for the first time in a long time, I've probably been making excuses to like, I'm not playing with anybody else, but I've actually finally like just shot around for like on my own. I usually always just try to find company. I think that's been my excuse to like not play mm. basketball. But just the other day, I was like, there's a hoop that's like right outside of my community. Nobody's there. I just want to like practice or like shoot around. And that, even though if I did that for a couple minutes, it was pretty fun, man, you know? Interesting. So it's a weird thing, but I guess like, I kind of like would like to use this as an opportunity to kind of go back to some of the things I really enjoyed or like maybe neglected because I said I didn't have time or didn't work on whether it be like something like cooking or playing basketball so hopefully i get off my phone and, and do that you know but for now right a lot of twitter what about yeah what about you dude <laughs> um I, yeah i think you know one of the things that really impacted me that i probably should have mentioned earlier is that like um so like i mean if you've listened to the previous podcasts you know we've been supporting this healthy lifestyle you know but uh and like i've been doing this like weird starvation diet thing and um, I've actually stopped starving myself now that I've been home. Um, so it's like, because I've been cooking a lot cleaner foods. So like, there's this restaurant that I like going to called True Food Kitchen. And they like do a lot of anti-inflammatory foods, right? So it's like, you know, if you eat like a bowl of shinlamyeon at like, you know, midnight, and you wake up the next morning, and you're like, just bloated. Or if you eat like pizza and wings at like 2am after you've been drinking, you wake up the next morning, you're just bloated. And then, so, like, I've been researching, like, anti-inflammatory foods where it's, like, that's what this restaurant really specializes in. And, like, after you eat that, like, it's just, like, quinoa, bok choy, like, portobello mushrooms, chicken. Like, it's just, like, these, like, healthy-ish foods, right? Or not even to say ish, just healthy foods, you know? And then, like, the next day you wake up and you feel like you're full. Like, you've, you've eaten the night before, like, you're full. But you also feel lean and you just feel, like, cleaner. I don't know. It's, like, this weird thing. But, um, so I've been, like, cooking a lot of that, and then it just, like, makes me feel, I guess, better about myself the next day, even, like, in the morning, but, um, just because I don't feel as bloated or, like, different, like, especially with, like, the whole processed foods thing, and so, um, but, yeah, I've been, like, previously before that, I've been, like, going to the gym, like, religiously, um, obviously, due to social distancing, I've stopped going to the gym for the last, like, week and a half, but what I do have at home is a set of resistance bands, a set of dumbbells, and like this like perfect push-up thing. That's just like these like handles that help you do push-ups on the ground. 
and then my yoga mat. And so like I've been conducting these home workouts on my porch. And so like I've actually been enjoying those home workouts. Um, and then I've been getting like solid workouts out of them. And then I've also picked running up again. I've been inspired by Vinny and his marathoning. I've been running two miles a day for the last couple of days. Um, and so like it's been it's been like a good experience just to get out there and run again. The weather's been nice. Welcome spring, as Vinny had mentioned before. Um, and so like I've enjoyed the ability to like not have to actually tailor my gym schedule around whether or not how many crowds are going to be there. And then being able to just work out on my porch, just like have my own like freedom to do whatever I need, take whatever breaks I need, and then just run. Um, it's been a pretty good experience. Um, but beyond that, like, yeah, I've been improving my cooking. Um, other positives, like me and my brother, my brother is my roommate, my older brother, and he's been working from home as well. So we just get to spend more time together. And um, so it's like good. We've been having a good time. Uh, the positives, uh, the positive experience I've been trying to influence upon my dog hasn't been working as well. <laughs> but, you know, we'll keep working on that um, until Monday. At which point I leave for active duty. <laughs> Sad. That's a negative. But you know what? Just to end on a positive note, like honestly, I've like enjoyed being home and just like work from home, waking up in the morning, wearing whatever I want. Literally, like, there was one day I wore a t-shirt, no pants, and video calls. No one knows any better. <laughs> Incredible freedom. You just sit there smiling the entire time on these calls, being like. You don't know, but I'm just in my boxers. <laughs> it's liberating. I don't know why, but it's liberating. No, dude, I hear, I, yeah. dude, I hear, I hear that for sure. I mean, um, I'm not doing that because if I'm on a customer call, I, I still have to have, if anything else, I'm going to have like a professional up top. It's kind of like the... But no pants. How do you, how do, you do the mullet equivalent of an outfit? Um <laughs> I don't know. I, that's probably a poor analogy, but just to say I'm wearing like a nice button up and then I'm wearing shorts or like my Frenchy pajamas, which dude, I'm wearing right now. Just go boxers. Go boxers. Dude, one you day. know, no, dude, I lately, cause I'm saying how with, with spring, actually, it's been really hot down Southwest ish. North here. East. Um, it's been hot. So like I've been actually turning, I turned the AC on. So as a result, as much as I want to just sweat it out, can't be pulling off the shorts, man, or the no pants. Tough. It's tough. Tough. Yeah, tough, but... Um, well, dude, well, I was trying to think about something that you said there that I thought was... Um, I lost it, though, Joe. I'm also having okay. a beer, so my train of thought is not clear. We're doing a virtual podcast happy hour, essentially. Yes, absolutely. Yes, we are. Um, i sipping steadily on my wine. <laughs> sipping steadily. Yes, dude. Uh, oh, I was going to say, it is nice. Though. I mean, at the same time, um, normally lunch is like a pain for me, and I'm actually trying to be better about actually oh. eating all three meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which I don't always do. I make a bad habit. So that's one of the positives I want to take out. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, like, food for me is, like, food quality in my life has taken a big jump. But I'm oh, excited, you really know. Yeah, so like, I'm, like, really, like... Hopefully this continues post quarantine self distancing life. Um, honestly, I don't feel like it will, because <laughs> I think convenience always takes precedence to a certain extent. But um, but yeah, uh, that was pretty much it for like my positives. 
coming out of this. I mean, I feel like we always just want to, like, think about, you know, what's good about the situation we're in. Um, I think one of the things that we, like, want to stress is that, like, I think Vinny and I, we live a pretty blessed life where we are able to work from home, you know, maintain a salary job. And um, live, like, the lifestyle essentially uninterrupted. Um, I know that's not the case for, you know, everyone in the United States or globally. And so there's a lot of people out there suffering from, like, you know, lack of ability to work or risking their health, you know, in order to work. And so, like, we just definitely want to, like, you know, bring attention to that and the fact that generally for, you know, like, no matter how many negatives there are, it's never as bad as it could be. And that we always have it and that we do have it far better than other people do. And I think that's something that always keep in mind um, and not take, you know, our blessings for granted. I agree, man. Like to not give give acknowledgement for everyone else. You see, like it has happened in California. I think it's happened to an extent in New York or at least New York City where everything's been closed down or at least it's been coming down from the governor that everything must mm-hmm. close besides essential businesses. So what you consider like our hospital workers, for instance, thank those people. Even everyone that works at grocery stores, the hours have been cut back, like been cut back, so they can at least spend some time to actually sanitize the place and actually restock. But they're still, they're still there, right? So we take it for granted that we can just show up and maybe complain about a long line or about the lack of a lack of toilet lack paper, of toilet paper or something like that. But they're they're still out there doing their, their daily jobs and honestly, end up putting themselves at risk by exposing themselves to all sorts of people. Heck, my brother's a pharmacist, and I feel like every day. He has people that are sick that don't know what they have, but they're going to come to the pharmacy right. anyway. But, you know, it's expectation is to be to be there to work. So, right. Thank you to all those people. Yeah. Yeah. And like, definitely like make sure that you're like looking out for your neighbors. Like I have an elderly neighbor, like two doors down. And so like, not to boost myself, but just to like call out what you could be doing for your community is like. I, like, went over to her door the other day, and I was like, hey, like, look, like, if you don't want to, like, expose yourself to, like, going to the grocery store, I'm all, like, I'm still going to the grocery store, so if you ever need anything, feel free to just swing by and, like, let me know. And she, like, thanked me, but, like, I think doing things like that, I think one of the things that coronavirus is tough on is that it you lose community because you're trying to distance yourselves, but I think the things that you can do is, like, extend yourself a little bit, because if you're going to do something, like, go to the grocery store anyways, you might as well help out someone else who doesn't want to risk it. Not, I I don't know how like CDC positive that is, but like, um, I think like just trying to help where you can is like really important. Um, especially with like the at risk populations, like the elderly people who can't really help themselves as much, you know, just try and do your best to like help those guys out or gals or people or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just one small way to try and like keep your community together, even when you're just trying to stay apart. Yeah, I, I think it's tough because I think I mean I even struggle with it. Like I, this, even before everything kind of came down, and it, obviously things got a lot more serious too. But like it was as early as Friday, and like somebody I hadn't seen in a while just like walks up and wants to give me a handshake, and I was like, ah, uh. hold up, like, I don't want to be a dick. I was like, ah, uh. and then someone was like, yeah, you are being a dick, and I was like, well, no, I mean, I, I also. Wait, they called you a dick for not no, wanting to handshake the guy that hand. was initiating. But like when I was like joking about it, the guy, the guy was like, "Oh, would it be a dick?" And he was joking about, it. you know what I mean? But I was oh, like, okay. "There's a little bit of like, oh, you are being a dick." And <laughs> anyway, the whole point of that is just like it's weird. That's there's, you there's cough a fine, loudly. I know. There's a fine line though where everyone's just like, 
Yeah, you gotta be polite, but also, and then you're saying there's gestures there that you can do. Something as simple as like a phone yeah. call. You don't have to like interact with the person. Right. Do a simple favor. Um, it's yeah, funny. You have a phone number. Oh really? Yeah. I, yeah. It's tough. I, today was the first day. Like maybe it's nature of like the weather being better, but like I'm seeing a lot of people outside, and I know. I'm not saying it's like we're supposed to advise. Even if we're sheltering at home, I know like <laughs> yeah. you shouldn't be. Everyone seems to be six feet besides the people that are obviously together or like a family. Yeah. But like I see people staying outside and like they're all kind of spread out and not having like a picnic or anything, but just like hanging out. Yeah. I don't know how these people are affiliated, how they got together, if they're all living in the same community or not. But like I've never actually, I haven't seen that very often. Um, You're right. And I remember I saw, was it you? I said, I did send you this meme about how, <laughs> what was it like? <laughs> What's the guy's name from the Avengers all of a sudden? Oh, I'm forgetting his name. The evil... Big <laughs> from what again? guy from the Avengers, the, the big purpley dude with the chin. Oh, Thanos. Yeah, Thanos, Thanos had this, this this view of the world where, like, you just wipe out <laughs> yeah. half of humanity and then the world would be a better place. Like, there would be less people fighting for resources by the snap of his fingers. And, like, there's, like, a, some image of, like, hey, look, this is what Venice is now. The crane, like, the swans have returned. You can see yeah. the water is transparent. You can see the fishes. <laughs> and then I, the photo of, of Thanos is, like, exactly what he planned. And he's in, like, a Speedo or something. Yeah. <laughs> I saw this meme of the Venice water thing. And, like, yeah. like oh, wow, like, the water of Venice is clear again. There's, like, a dead deer at the very bottom of the, of the canal. <laughs> and they're, like, oh, shit, maybe it wasn't such a good thing. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> Oh, it's like, it's interesting. Um, but this leads us into our next thing, right? So, I listened to Alex Jones, like, once. And if you don't know who Alex Jones is, just YouTube him. Hysterical. Yeah, got, you got um, a DWI recently, I think. Yeah, he's like the most outrageous conspiracy theorist of all time, right? But, like, Vinny, I don't know if I told you this before, but, like, the one thing I enjoy about listening to conspiracy theories is that they're grounded in facts, right? So, like, what these guys will do is they'll take, like, a string of, like, factual evidence and then create some bonkers-ass conclusion <laughs> of it, right? And, like, that's where the conspiracy theories really come from, right? Like, they'll see, like, a disparate group of facts and they'll be like, oh, no, they're all connected. Fuck, the world's ending aliens are real like all this stuff you know mm -hmm. and uh like alex jones is the best of them in in the sense that he's like really amusing to me not saying that i agree with his views um but like it like after having listened to like a lot of conspiracy theories in my day i like one of the first things that popped in my head like after the whole like coronavirus thing blew up was that, like imagine if this were a conspiracy theory right right and the first thing that you question in conspiracy theories is like who benefits right and like my whole theory just like died the other day but i'll get to that in a minute but i was thinking like imagine this were a global conspiracy theory right in global conspiracy right so say trump was like like part of this right right then like because like the first thing that popped in my head was like you know pence was talking about how you know, like, the CDC is coming out with, like, their own testing kits, and they had, like, a certain amount that the government was able to provide to the rest of the country. And then he also mentions, oh, like, with our, co like, commercial partners. And I was thinking, like, oh, who are these commercial partners, you know? And I was like, who has stakes in these commercial partners? You know, like, who benefits, right? And I was like, imagine if, like, you know, Trump or Pence had, like, monetary, like, stakes in these, like, commercial partners. 
But then, like, news came out the other day that, like, Trump tried to buy, like, the German company that was, like, producing some of these, like, anti-coronavirus stuffs, and they prevented him from buying it. And I was like, oh, well, I guess he didn't have any stakes in it, you know? And, like, but it's, like, fun to think, because, like, you watch V for Vendetta, Vinny? Yeah. The whole plot of V for Vendetta was, like, the government created this virus that, like, obliterated some of, uh, some part of their nation or, like, this por- like portion of it. And that, like, they were able to use that, and they already had the vaccine because it was, like, a self-created biological warfare. And then, like, the people just granted unilateral power to the government being, like, you know what? You saved us from this crisis. You know, like, be our leader, you know? But um, not saying that any of this is real. I'm not Alex Jones. But, like, if you're ever bored just at home, it's, like, really fun to think about. Yeah, this stuff also tends, I think, to get really dark because when you, you kind of joked about what the vested interests that Donald Trump might have had, but then you're seeing the very real uh, shittiness, sorry for my language, coming from, I guess, our own, within Congress, or I guess the Senate specifically, we alluded to the guy before, Richard Burr, but I think he wasn't one of, he was one of the like four other uh, members of these politicians, just call them that, um, who had actually... Well, very well knew of the seriousness of this pandemic well beforehand. We're talking like maybe end of January, mid-February. And these, again, were in private just talking about, oh, this is going to be very serious, most likely a pandemic similar to the influenza in 1918. Yeah. And instead of telling a very different message in public, but at the same time also selling off a selling bunch of stocks stock. before the market yeah. would tank and also turning around and then maybe putting a lot of money into, like you mentioned, Zoom, or this random video conference. They they bought Citrix. I mean, it was Citrix for the other senator, but, like, very interesting at the same time that when I say this, it starts because I think it just makes me mad or angry, so I don't like to talk about it as much. Um, But that still is also very much so happening in the back end. When you say who is actually choosing the benefit, these people. It's sad that people are proving to be people. And I think, well, these people are, they, they, they pretend to have the, the interests of the, the greater public, but I'm saying at the same time, right. when you had a, a real opportunity to actually get people to be serious and actually you have the opportunity to save yeah. lives, you chose to actually make a buck or make a lot, yeah, more than a buck, comes to shove. millions versus actually trying right. to protect society or the greater good. The greater and good, it's so. disappointing, definitely. Um, I don't want to get too deep into this rabbit hole, but speaking of disappointments. Great segue. <laughs> Tom Brady. All I know is my first thought was, man, I so my fantasy season, I had Chris Godwin. Shout out to Chris Godwin. Penn State grad. Oh, really? Not that I went there. Yep. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, not not that I went there, but Penn State but grad. But can't Chris Godwin, the, one of the best five receivers in the game. You got Mike Evans. You got a bunch of tight, tight, OJ tight ends. O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, also a former fantasy star back in the day. <laughs> and um, I don't know who the, the the running backs are these days, but either way, man, team's looking tough. And then you put a forty three yeah. old with no arm in there. Whoa! Tanked. Ooh. <laughs> okay, okay. So like, you know what? All right, Tom Brady's on the Buccaneers now, right? And like, that's what we're talking. I about I think here. you deserve. He's left the you Patriots. You deserve your, you know, your airspace for this, man. So I'll let you take it yeah. away. I'm not gonna tell too many jokes. Yes, no, no, it, like I'll, I'll like I'll work off your joke for a little bit, but like Tom Brady just left the Patriots after a twenty-year career with the, or yeah, with the Patriots, and just went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Uh, obviously, I'm devastated, floored. Honestly, someday, like literally yesterday, I woke up and I was like, 
holy shit, I can't believe he's off the team. Mm-hmm. It's like, and like you're seeing all these tribute videos coming out. You're seeing all this like these like heartwarming, you know, posts made by other players, especially Patriots players, and like the Patriots themselves. Robert Kraft made a statement. Bill Belichick made a statement. Josh McDaniels made a statement. And like I read all of these, and it just breaks my heart literally every time to read it because it feels like a breakup. It feels like an honest divorce of a couple that you thought was always going to be together. Like, like I don't know if you have any of these friends in your life, any, but like, you have these like two friends, right? And like they get married, and you think, holy shit, these guys, these two are like perfect for each other. Like, these two are a match made in heaven. They were able to sacrifice so much for each other, and be like the best couple they could possibly be. And then twenty years later. After so much success as a family, like, one decides to leave. And, and like, depending on which side you take, one pushed them out or the other decided to leave, right? I'm talking about Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, respectively. Um, and, like, I was on a different podcast before. I, like, did a guest spot on another pod um, talking about, like, my thoughts on Tom Brady. And so if there's any overlap here, if any of you listen to the other one, and now you want to listen to this one. I'm going to say the same thing I said in the other one. But, like, it honestly breaks my heart. Um, it's, like, the weirdest... I mean, I know we talked, like, had an impassioned speech about, like, Kobe Bryant at the end of the two pods ago. Talking about, like, the impact that he had on our lives. On, like, basketball as a whole. And how we felt about him. Or, and like and I know Vinny probably doesn't feel the same way about Tom Brady as I do but for me it's like it's very it's a very similar conversation because I don't think there's any NFL conversation just like there's no any there's just like there's no NBA conversation without Kobe Bryant there's no conversation about the NFL without Tom Brady especially because it's a quarterback driven league and he is arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play the game and so like for me he's been ubiquitous in my life for the last 20 years i'm 27 years old that is so much of my life dedicated or no just like having this name in my life and like being a patriots fan myself like there's so much of my life's happiness like this sounds sad to say it out loud but so much of my life's joy was actually brought about by this man's work on the football field and like some of you might be like, that's dumb. You've never met him. You never will. He doesn't know who you are. But the one thing I will say is that um, having Tom Brady play as a member of the Patriots and have as much success as he did made me proud. Made me proud to be from Rhode Island. Made me proud from, of being from the New England region as a whole. And like being able to wear his jersey right that's like a small thing people will give you shit about it on the daily they'll be like yo fuck tom brady deflate gate spy gate he's a cheater 2004 the eagles should have won they're cheaters right they'll say stuff like what vinnie's just saying go birds they'll say go birds they'll say oh nick Foles is better than tom brady (laughs) nick Foles could catch (laughs) (laughs) but anyways like like they'll say all these things right but the fun thing is that like because you assume his greatness as a Patriots fan, like you are able to assume the things that he has done. And like just like this is what any sports fan's able to do. 
whenever you wear the jersey of the player, it feels as if you are assuming their accomplishments. Am I right? Yeah, well, so I, I'm trying to refrain myself from taking this very serious slandering. tribute. Yeah, slander, joking about it, uh, because I, I know it means a lot to you. But it the does. only way for me to talk about this in a serious manner while also deflecting any urge to joke about it would be just, just to talk about the villainy, the sheer villainy. I, you're talking about it from right. a position of power. Your team has won right. multiple championships in the past two decades on the backs of this two, these two great, I have to say it myself, I'll just admit it, I even thought it. Um, this is the only time you ever hear me admit it that perhaps Tom Brady may be the greatest. Okay? But... Well, I will say though they make they make a great villain. They're they're the greatest, and for the very least, they do. They're the greatest villains of any sport because everyone would hate their. It's easy. Right. To, I love to hate the Patriots, dude. As much and as I have love to, to hate, hate the Celtics and the Boston Beantown Mafia. You know right. these guys own sports media, and they get to propagate their stories. They want to break up Joel Embiid. They want to break up Ben Simmons. <laughs> they, they, all because they feel entitled to do it. They can't coexist. Because they feel entitled that they can do it. They win all these championships. The Bruins are great. The Red Sox are winning all of a sudden. They can't talk about them like they were losers and all this cursed stuff. Like, Boston keeps winning, dude. And Tom Brady is a tribute to that success. And you, you can only Honestly, hate for so long. You, you only hate for so long until you respect it. And so Right. And it's the same feeling that I had Kobe Bryant being a Celtics fan watching him on the Lakers. Right? And, like, I don't know. Like, you assume, and, like, because I haven't experienced, well, I guess no one really has being, like, football-wise, is that, like, you're able to assume their accomplishments. And, like, no matter what anyone says to you, you feel good about it. You feel okay with it. Dude, it's like Draymond arguing with Charles Barkley. Draymond feels like he can say whatever he wants because he won a bunch of championships, and Charles exactly. forever will never have won one. No matter how great right. both of those guys are. Exactly. And, like, yeah. And so I feel like I can be Draymond Green riding on the back of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. Right? I'm wearing their championships, and I was just there for the ride. Right? And, like, um, and that's what I feel like I am thankful for, is that, like, the joy that I was able to experience being able to watch these championships and being able to like enjoy them and then two like being able to assume things that I've never done I'll never walk on the field as a football player I'll never win a Super Bowl myself I'll never be an NFL MVP I'll never be any of these things but I feel like I'm able to assume that identity I know exactly and so that's the beauty I know exactly of what you're saying I think I, I speak the same way. I keep alluding back to basketball, which is not related to football in any way. Um, but the idea of like putting, investing so much of your so much of your own self worth in the success of your team. Yes. So the Patriots winning means you're winning. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You feel good about it. They feel great about it. Um, but you have pride in something that you probably wouldn't have thought of as much. Like you still love the play. You still love Rhode Island. You still love New England. It's part of who you are. Right. Philadelphia is just above, above all those things for where you grew up and, and, you know, (laughs) the things you cherish in your life. But, like, yeah, I get that. I feel like that's exactly what you're speaking towards, whether or not you're saying you're assuming their own accomplishments or you're just saying, hey, this means something to me. Them being good, I need them to be good to make me feel good. (laughs) Right, and, like, saying it out loud sounds really fucking sad. No, these sports matter, man. I'm not going to act like sports really do matter. It's frivolous, but it matters. And at a time like this, they're not happening. But I still feel a void. (laughs) 
And like, yeah, and so like the people who are like detractors of the organized sports, like there are friends that I have who are like, that's dumb, man. That's just like watching porn. You're watching other people have fun, right? And I'm like, look, I get it, right? Like I'm watching other people play a game that I have no investment in whatsoever except from, aside from my sports gambling habits, right? But like, um, but yeah, like it's just odd. But, like, also, like, the stories themselves are inspirational to me, right? Like, Tom Brady very much embraces that mama mentality of, like, being, um, like, maniacal in his preparation, in his lifestyle, and his dedication to his craft, you know? And so, like, just the same way that we admired Kobe Bryant for, like, the things he was able to accomplish by the things that he had sacrificed in his life are the same things that inspire me about Tom Brady. Is that, like, he's sacrificed, like... Unlike Kobe, Tom Brady was no physical specimen. He ran one of the slowest times in NFL combine history. He was the most unathletic looking guy that one of, that I've ever seen. Um, had like a very unstory. He had like a weird college career where he was almost unseated like two times by like his backup. And he was able to persevere, persevere through adversity, you know. And, like, these are things that I think anyone can take. And I think it's just these human stories in the most public stage is what people take away from sports. And so, like, to say that, like, oh, you're being dumb because you just support a team from a certain city or from a certain state or region, uh, I think it detracts from your ability to admire the human aspects of the game. And what really that is is that, like, Joel Embiid experienced deep adversity through the death of his brother and almost quit basketball as a result of it. But he used that and in his brother's memory was able to spur himself to try and be a better basketball player as a result of it, which is another reason that I admire Joel Embiid as much as I want him and Ben Simmons to split up, right? And so, like, it's the same human aspect, the same adversities that you and I, Vinny, face every day, you know, whether it be the death of a family member or some sort of deep personal crisis that you might experience. When you're able to relate that to someone who's done it on the most public stage ever, that's what gives us hope. That's what gives us pride or that's what gives us inspiration or motivation to try and achieve what they did through the exact same adversity that they experienced. I can say it better myself, man. Sports matter. Um, sports matter. This is not a sports pod, by the way. <laughs> it's an NBA pod specifically. Oh, which, uh, because sorry. This, is, this, this episode's a which food it, pod. Which is because it can't... Well, <laughs> You know, I actually, I thought about exactly what I wanted to comment on when you kind of talked about your positivity habits, since the, like with being work from home and everything was the anti-inflammatory aspect, because dude, yeah, I mean, I'm living that. I think as we gotten older, I'm just realizing I can't eat as much spicy food or as crappy food, but I want all those things all the time. Right. But like my body can't Guess who gave it. that all up? Guess who gave it up? Gandhi. Tom, Tom Brady. Oh, okay. Tom, TB. Anyways. Um... But yeah, so like we've been talking about sports for a hot minute. Vinny, do you have any last words, last thoughts? Um, just um, yeah, I'm curious to see like, put your, you know, are you gonna still root for Tom Brady and the Bucks because you love them, right? Like you you should, right? So all right, as long as there's no conflicts of interest, like at my core, I am a Patriots fan. Interesting. And so like, I will always root for the Patriots above Tom Brady because it's the organization that matters, not the individual. And that is the core of the Patriot way. Um, but beyond that, 
Like, if it is not a Tom Brady Patriots clash, I root for Tom Brady. So now I have two teams I root for, the Patriots and the Buccaneers. But if push comes to shove, it's the Pats every time. Like the way you said that little nice little New England old Rhode Island twinge, you know, the Pat the Pats. The Pats. Pats. I'm gonna pack my car. <laughs> COVID nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, well, okay, I don't know what you're talking about this sports talk ending, dude, because we still got to talk about the NBA not existing anymore and how sad oh, yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to segue into, like, hey, this is the end of our sports oh, talk, okay, okay. and now we're going to talk about no sports. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. So welcome to the Two Asians Podcast. My name is Vinny. I'm joined by Joe. And today we're talking about how there's no sports at all. And right now I, sh- no sports. I should have been um, enjoying March Madness in this undisclosed state that I'm in. Uh there would have been a, that does not have two top premier basketball yeah, teams. Multiple, three, four, dudes at any given time. And uh, I would have been in, you know, Greensboro, which would have been a drive, let me tell you. Um, like 12 hours, 12, maybe. 15 hours. And enjoying that with my father-in-law. He was, was going to drive down, fly down even, so we can go actually go out, drive Take the game, a boat, watch the knows? game, dude, and just, like, enjoy it, you know? Enjoy this madness while I'd be invested because I'm betting – I probably put twenty five dollars, just threw it out, and and bet on this <laughs> on tournament. You know what I mean? Somewhere. Yeah, on some crazy sixteen seed. But alas, that that's not happening right now, and uh, that hasn't happened for the past week. It's crazy because I I feel like, um, especially with the Sixers not playing, dude. Like when they were, I was like, this is my night, you know. And like Shannon would be like, yes, oh, groaning, like terrible, you know. But I'd be like, I'm sorry, <laughs> like, this is my night. Like I gotta watch. Like this is, you know, for better or for worse. It's a road game. They're they're gonna lose, but I gotta watch. <laughs> I need I, I need to watch. And uh, anyway, like it's it's funny. I mean, talk about the change in my life and the, the, obviously the luxury that I'm speaking. I mean, I just feel like as a an NBA fan, as a sports fan, it's a weird time, dude. I mean, talk about how relating this back to what's going on in our, our current existing environment. It's like that serious that these leagues, especially because it took one Frenchman or. Uh, one spider Kelly, you know, chicken and egg. Who know who, who knows who got it first? But Ru- Rudy's right, taking the right. brunt of it right now. <laughs> He's taking the most L's for sure. It's funny because I think we don't acknowledge enough that Rudy was already like a really not polarizing, just like a not respected player in the league. You know, coming dating back to before he even when he get, didn't get the All Star. Can two you years play ago. him in the playoffs? Dude, when can he, you can, can he be on the floor of the playoffs? Yeah, right. I mean, but like I'm thinking, two years ago, he was crying because he didn't get you know picked as an all-star even though he was defensive player of the year um, right which is weird it's strange nonetheless but at the same time just lack of respect from the media and these guys actually end up doing a lot of the voting and so it's just kind of like you know people just don't like them and yada yada and uh i laughed at first and we joe and i even had like a good candid conversation realistically we did we're the same clown we would be clowning where we were clowning about how maybe um you want to give the background Vinny? oh about rudy Oh, so Rudy Gobert. Yeah, in case anyone doesn't. Yeah, talking know. about why the NBA season really got canceled was Rudy Gobert plays for. He's a center for the Utah Jazz, and he had prior to being test, testing positive for the coronavirus. This takes away my punchline. He actually was just being really aloof. Uh, aloof is not the right word. He's being goofy, just being kind of like, "Oh, this isn't very serious." 
while the, at this time the NBA is already implementing measures to keep the media away from players during press conferences, like six or nine feet away. He's like touching all the microphones, joking about it. a joke. Uh, information would come out later that he's like being stupid in the locker room, like touching all of his teammates' stuff. And then it kind of, kind of cascaded from there. And next thing you know, he's out for the game in Oklahoma City because he is ill. And then you find out later that he actually tested positive. And wish he had to re- right. go back and issue a statement to say how serious this was. And how you, you wish he, you know, he apologizes for all of his actions and what really happened from it. But we can go into our takes of what that means later. But it was just crazy because while it was happening, NBA games were still being played. The Jazz were slated to play the Thunder in Oklahoma City. And before the game even kicked off, everyone warmed up. The NBA was ready to go. They were even positioning the idea of playing in empty arenas, but not tonight because they weren't ready for it. Everything just stopped, came to a halt. The announcer goes, uh, folks, the game has to be canceled. You're safe. Don't worry. Even though you have but get the fuck out of here. asymptomatic players playing in the game, full of fans. You know, we don't know. We so, I guess we're still going to be feeling the repercussions of what this means down the line if we ever get more testing. And I'm getting political. I'm sorry. But I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, like that. that's the whole background. And it's funny because we can like get on our... A high horse, high, high horse. horse, and be like, "Oh, yeah. Rudy, you're an idiot." But like most of us, I would say, for the most part, rather playing this thing off, just talking yeah. about it like it didn't affect us. But you have like the most athletic beings in the universe in the NBA, these healthy right. dudes getting affected by the coronavirus, and that's growing by the day, obviously. So, yeah, go ahead, Joe. I mean, I was Give texting, I was texting Vinny about it after the whole Rudy Gobert stuff blew up, yeah. and I was like, I was telling him that I was very much less inclined to joke around and mess around with my own health considering coronavirus as a result of Rudy Gobert. You know, because like prior to him, I saw myself in the very same shoes where like, like imagine, like, I know with friends, like, I'll like joke around, I'll hug them, be like, hey, get over here. Like, you know, let me give you a hug. You know, and like, I would do the exact same stupid shit he did. And like, Say all my friends were, like, infected with coronavirus as a result of what I did. I'd feel terrible. So I know how, well, like, I can imagine how Rudy would feel, you know, having infected one of his teammates who doesn't just happen to be a teammate, but, like, also, like, a league star, you know? Um, And so, like, I would probably have done the same stupid stuff he did. But, like, at the same time, I don't blame him for his actions simply because, like, Something like a virus, it's invisible. It's so it's like so easy to ignore yeah. un- until it's like until you're until you know somebody that had it, even you know. Right, and like for me, a lot of times, like you can call me dumb if you want, but like a lot of times, my barometer for how severe anything is is if it affects the top one percent of the population. You know, and by that I mean like the wealthy and the rich of the rich, of which I am not. And so, like, for me, I'm always like, well, shit, like, if that, like, one percenter got it, I am just as vulnerable, even more so. And so, like, that's oftentimes my barometer for, like, how serious an incident is. And so, like, as soon as, like, NBA players, soccer stars around the globe, now they have hockey players, they got NFL head coaches, Sean Payton, like, everyone in the world, regardless of whether or not you're rich or poor, is being affected severely by this and so, like, I'm like, oh, my God, this is a real thing. And, like, maybe I should have, yeah, you could look at me and say, Joe, you should have thought about this earlier. 
you should have been more aware, more cognizant, more fearful. But this is just who I am. This is my barometer for like the severity of incidents. And it's interesting that you say that though, because if you feel that way, I mean, I don't know if we ever consider ourselves part of the majority, but either way, like a lot of people are doing that. Um, right. Uh, PSA for everybody else is that this is very serious and affects young people too. I mean, I, I don't know if you shared the same thing, Joe, but like 25 to 50 year olds, they're still accounting for the number of cases that are going to the hospital. Fatalities, I can't speak towards that. I'm not a doctor, even though, congratulations to everybody today, I know it was match day, so good for you folks if you got where you wanted to, if you didn't, keep trying. Um, but in general, like, yeah, dude, I don't know, like, uh, let's wrap it up. <laughs> I was kidding. No. Um, yeah, I just wanted to talk about, um, take the opportunity while, you know, do to do what things are going on i just want to say uh joe just confided into me that he actually hates the patriots um you heard it here at first everybody um tom brady is not his his hero uh he loves the eagles um nick Foles is actually he wants to trade he wants the bears to let him go if that could work contractually because he needs... Well, actually, I would hate that. Never mind. I don't want Nick Foles to play for the Patriots. Um, anyways, if I'm getting into it, just to say that um, Tom Brady uh, is a cheater. And he's old. And uh, I'm doing terrible at filling the space. I don't think I'd be great at filibustering and... Uh, um, did you guys ever think about how the way you open up a banana like most people would be like oh you gotta open up from the stem I have uh, I've always been so actually you know I used to be a stem opener but then someone told me about pinching the base of the banana and that it peels it better wait which side are you on I'm on the correct side which is pinching from the opposite side of the stem exactly the way you described dude it's so much easier interesting you don't mush the banana it's perfect every time and well it depends on whether or not the banana is ripe this this method works ripe or not dude i don't have to bite off the stem like i would for a non or a less ripe banana but who eats unripe bananas some people don't like it as sweet and also this is also another psa that i think the american banana is going to be disappearing dude We'll be seeing the bananas what? that most... I think, I don't know if this is a Southeast Asian thing or if your parents do the same thing, but my parents never eat normal bananas. They eat those tiny little little bananas in the, <laughs> that you only find in certain grocery oh, stores. Okay. I don't know if Koreans do it, but Vietnamese people... I don't know. My father is in particular and my mom love microwaving bananas or those little tiny ones. Microwaving, microwaving bananas? Them <laughs> for 30 seconds or something like that and eating them that way. Eating these little tiny Wait, bananas. Wait, I'm learning a lot right but now. But also, let me just... Go back to why the stem thing is the correct method is you're playing Mario Kart. You have the bananas item. Oh. Do you know how the bananas opened? The stem's on the top, the stem's on the top, and the peels are at the bottom. Exactly. Whoa. And the Japanese, as we understood, do things better. With bidets, banana opening. Um, are bidets a uniquely, like, did this start with Japan? Let me just reverse that. It sounds like a French word, so I don't want to say anything. But I will say is, at least when you go there, it's a well-accepted idea. 
they wouldn't have the problems that we have toilet paper today, or at least as heavily. And other countries have better methods <laughs> of wiping too. But I'm I digress. Um, mini bananas are a thing though, and whatever they're called, plantains. I don't know. I'm googling bidet Mandoros. Ooh. Okay. Uh, interesting, but all right. I'm going to ignore that part of the bidet. Hmm. It doesn't say where it started from. But it does say, eh, it is an invention of the French furniture makers. Way, oui, way. Oui. makes sense because it does sound French. Oui. Yeah, that's a cool way of saying we. Oui. I only learned that from the Jeremiah song. Oh, dude, you know, I wish I focused on languages at a younger age. That's what we should all be doing. I know we should be. But anyways, bananas, like, you know what? I'm on board with the, I'm, I'm on board with you, Vinny. I think, I think we should pinch them from the bottom. Slow. Interesting. I'm about to sneeze, but I'm about to sneeze into my elbow. Here we go. It didn't come. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Banana, or not banana. We were just talking about sports Vinny. and everything, and I just... Uh... Did you already reverse your stance on Mexican food? Oh, no, dude. Okay, I did want to clarify this. Uh, now that we're pivoting over to our food conversation, my favorite topic. Um, I Early in, in one of our first couple episodes, actually the very first episode I made the flaming take, which I actually go on to ask all of my friends. That you either like Mexican food or well, Asian food, right? Backtracking a little bit, rice and noodles, like that, you know, those are good conversation, relevant, you know, there's two types of people in the world. But I also try to make the same argument for you either really like Asian food or really like Mexican food. Not to say there wasn't any gray area there, but I do believe in absolutes. Um, so I, <laughs> Only Sith believe in absolutes. So clearly I'm a Sith Lord. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I thought to myself, I was like, yeah, maybe this is true because like, I don't, I didn't grow up eating a lot of cheese. I'm not, I'm not, I don't love cheese. Um, I don't really even like tacos, but then I thought about it. Let me just tell you a little quick story, you know, while I'm opening up about myself and everyone's learning about me, I had a really traumatic, traumatic experience growing up eating Taco Bell. And I must've been, I don't know, elementary school age when I had Taco Bell and I threw up immediately after eating it so i like wrote it off for forever like all my developmental years didn't enjoy taco bell until the doritos locos tacos came out then i came storming back (laughs) and that was like until i was like maybe late high school but point being i was like man i just don't i I never craved mexican food even while i was working i was like this is not a food between shannon and i were like let's go out and get mexican even though she loves margaritas and me you know i just wasn't crazy about it i was like my comfort food is asian food if I'm going to eat rice, it's going to be plain white and um, with soy sauce. Like, that's my go-to. Not, like, Spanish style or even Mexican. Um, but, yeah, dude, let me just say, I take it all back. Like, and I'm going to sound like the biggest flip-flopper of all time, dude, but if I'm going to have any kind of, like, gateway food that, like, made me realize that Mexican food and, in general, like, that whole sphere, and I hate to just bu- put a bubble in to say it's, like, let me just say South American, Central American. You know, let's put it that way. But, uh, dude, tacos are amazing, man. It took me so long. 
It took me so Wait, long. It took you this Dude, long? I've been eating crappy grocery store tortillas forever. And then I finally had like this great, great tortilla. Um, please sponsor the pod. Caramello. Uh, they make these like <laughs> duck fat tortillas, which are supposed to be reminiscent or a complete kind of like tribute to uh, like this Sonora, Mexico, this certain style where they just kind of like make really delicious flour tortillas. Anyway. I ate it and I was like, man, this thing's amazing. And then it kind of opened up my world. And all of a sudden now I'm like trying to eat a taco wherever I go. You know, like tacos are incredible. And so I was wrong. I can both, I can really love Asian food in all of its entirety and Mexican food, which of course you know, I had tonight. I want to welcome you. Like I'm like waving my arms and like welcoming Vinny to like the rest <laughs> of the society, to like the rest of the world here. Where you've been alone on the outskirts, <laughs> on the outcast of society. And I want to welcome you back to being accepted by the rest of us. You degenerate, but now you've reformed. And now you're in I gotta say, this is an unfair argument because cause Korean and Mexican fusion has existed. Korean tacos, baby. Korean tacos. The fusion is a beautiful mix. I well, it like gets into a really interesting topic down the road, but uh... it does. It does. You know, let's just dive into it right now. I mean, we we've been here for an hour and eight minutes, but you might not hear from me again from like for like another like three months. Who knows? So you know what? Let's just dive into this. You want to dive into this, Vinny? I want to dive into this. Oh, we're diving into it head first. Okay, you go first. All right, let's talk about fusion food. Right, so like last last podcast, I referenced you know the selling out of Asian actors and actresses, and like devaluing Asian culture as a result of it, um, and like that because that's what you know the the author of the article that we were talking about last podcast had referenced. I forgot the guy's name, forget the name of the article. At this point, I am nearly at the end of the bottle of wine, but um. Nice bottle cap. Like, listen to the last... Yeah, listen to the last podcast. Um, but, like, I, like, casually mef- referenced, like, oh, like, uh, we're already selling out. Look at us. We got the sushi burrito out here, you know? But, like, that touched a point upon, like, an actual... I wouldn't say it's a uniquely Asian concern or even argument or anything, really. Um, but about, like, the dilution of food once it reaches the global stage, right? And so I think we had mentioned The Sopranos earlier, and there's an episode... So Vinny had watched The Sopranos long before I had, eh, right? Not that much longer, just like the same year. Yeah, really? yeah, I've watched it like, you know, within the last year, yeah. Oh, shit, no way. Anyway, so like, I like referenced The Sopranos to Vinny like a year ago, and I was like, dude, there's like an episode where they're like, the, the guys go into like this like coffee shop, and they're complaining about like, oh my God, I can't believe they're, like, diluting a culture to just sell coffee, you know? And, like, they have this big, like, they, like, get into it for a few minutes about, like, you know, selling out their own, like, coffee culture for, like, this, like, consumer coffee culture here in America. And then it made me realize that, like, honestly, our concerns are not uniquely our own. Like, really, any culture that assimilates into the, like, American culture as a whole goes through these same struggles. And, like... I think that was around the time that I had watched, um, what's the Netflix movie with, um, 
what was that Netflix give movie? Me, give me some more details. I can help you out for sure. Uh, so, with the guy who... Oh, with Aquafina's in it. Yep. She's like... Uh, what was her this is Ocean's uh, 13? No. No. <laughs> no. Okay, wait. Is Aquafina in it? Fuck. Are you mixing uh, up with another Asian actress? Randall. Randall Park. Randall Park's in it. Always Always be maybe. Always be with maybe. Aquafina right? was not in that movie. Sorry, like... You're mistaking Ali yeah, Wong another... <laughs> Joe, that's... Wow. I'm, I'm not a racist. But, um... Anyways. Ali Wong, Randall Park, Always be maybe. And, like... Uh, Randall Park's not the chef. Is Ali Wong Ali Wong's the chef? chef. Ali Wong's the chef. And, like, there's this whole concern over, like... The fact that she's selling out the Korean... No, no. Yeah. So she creates the restaurant, like the, the, the fusion restaurant, yeah, right? Yeah, kind of like that. I mean, like, she's making, like, more fancy food. I think that's what... She's making, like, fancier food with, like, an Asian flavor to it, right? True, exactly. It's, and it's, then mm-hmm. he has concerns over whether or not he's selling out, like, her culture. And then at the end of it, she creates the second restaurant where it's... Like, it's called, like, Mom's Hand. Like, Omasun. And then where it's authentic Korean food. Do you remember yeah, that? No, I do. I remember all that. Yeah, anyway, so, like, I was hoping I wasn't recounting. No, no, that's correct. But, um... And so, like, that brought to light, like... You know, like, there is a concern amongst... Like, I don't know how, like, pervasive it is across, like, our generation. About the concern of, like, say, selling out your culture for, like, a quick buck. Right, and, like, I think to say that is to put it in a bad light. Because I think Asian fusion in itself is not bad. I enjoy it. Like, let's, like I'm going to be completely honest. Like, I enjoy eating Korean tacos. I enjoy eating sushi burritos. Any Asian fusion food you can come up with, I'll eat it. Um, but, like, I think there is an argument there to be had. What are your thoughts, Vinny? I'm not going to just refute everything you said because I think I have a lot of opinions on the subject, but I think where we're really getting at the heart of is what what is authentic and what is authenticity. And I think it's a dicey conversation to have because now we're talking about who owns that and who's allowed to kind of um, mm. propagate a specific a particular culture. And as us as Asian Americans, I think we struggle a lot about what, what our identity means, but like what we kind of identify as. I mean, food is such a huge part of that too because i feel like it is any iteration that we're not used to from like growing up it's a bastardization of that but those same people that are from korea or in my case from vietnam may look at like what we're doing or what we're enjoying as the, uh, the wrong way of doing things too so i or who we are as bastardizations of our own fair. culture but we're americans too like right um and i think it's funny that you made the illusion and uh, the episode of the sopranos because i think whether i was in that same episode or not these same guys complaining about what coffee should be like are this, you know, the same Polly is one of these like goofy characters that like he's way older. He's been in the family for so long, and he goes over to Italy. But those guys can never f- not feel more out of place between him and Tony visiting right. the motherland they don't fit because in. he's eating, sitting down at the table, and his idea of what uh, you know Italian food. And now we can also kind of talk about the same distinctions between like American Chinese and Chinese, and then Italian American food and Italian food. Because they're also very much so different. But he's like, right. can I just get a bowl of macaroni? And he's calling it macaroni, right? And people are like scoffing at that or like what he, they're bringing out all these fresh fishes and seafood. And he's like, what the hell is this? The food that they're putting in front of me. This is not what Italian food right. is. So like who gets to find those things is another interesting point. 
Um, and it's funny that you mentioned like sushi burritos and even um, Korean tacos, which is the complete like argument for what I was saying was wrong. Was that these if you're taking Mexican food and Asian food and mashing <laughs> together? I think I have a more. I struggle more so. I think the conversation for me is around how not like anybody's selling out in particular because I think it's more like being commercialized or no one's do, not like their people are doing this by choice but it's like what sells better is like you're looking at an Asian restaurant right. that feels a need that's Vietnamese that sells pad thai and they're just remar- maybe reacting to the market that's what the customers keep asking for so they gotta feel exactly. like they have it but they're not gonna be good at that thing like you can't trust a place that has all those options because you can't be good at all of those things. And what are you what are you right. actually making if you're like a Sichuan place making Jack of all trades, master of to a certain degree. But then again, you're you're where are you where are you? Like where are you in the country? Because I think you can be you have that luxury or privilege to be so hyper focused or so acute if you feel like your target audience can appreciate it. Like I was listening to something about how certain omakase places, you know, Japanese places that serve really these like expansive or really what's the word I'm looking for? Not elaborate. There's a fancier word I'm looking for. But like kind of a fancier expensive um tasting menu but it can only exist in certain places because people have the money to, to afford it otherwise you can't right. appreciate it and they'll just be like no i want my special rolls i don't want to eat nigiri yeah what piece by piece like what is this i'm not paying like 200 bucks for this um mm-hmm. before i go on this rant and realize where i was heading uh i think my, my bigger problem is when i feel like the only way for asian food to be successful and even in some most crux you think it's like this kind of underdog food that should be cheap but for like it to be palatable to the masses, you have to dress it up a little bit. You can't. Um, right. It has to be for it to be successful. You can serve one dish really well in Chinatown, and it can be seen as like well, you know, it, French food is gonna be the the height of luxury, and so people are gonna be able to upsell that to the most ex- crazy extent, even if it's the same kind of like homely, hearty food. But like. Right. People will only be like, I'm only going to pay 10, 15 bucks for general shows. I'm not going to go out of my way to do that. So I, I have more of this issue when like you have a fancier place thinking that they can add Asian items to the menu. Right. Sell them at overpriced rate and make it really not as good. But at the end of the day, I feel like the argument is in this expansive discussion that I've had, which feels like it's just a stream of consciousness that I'm very famous for. That's what I'm here at for, this Vinny. Point. Stream of is that like, is it good? You know what I mean? Is it good? And I feel like everyone's going to have an opinion because when you make a food that's close to my mom's but it's not as good, I'll be like, why am I paying for this? And I do that all the time. Right. I do that I'll all the time. I'll just drive home. You know? Exactly. It's not even about that. It's just like, who are you to do this? But I was like, at the same time, like you can charge me for that $15 bowl of pho because you have a monopoly on it. And I also will support right. you if you are a Vietnamese own. And that's the racist <laughs> part of me. I'm a little, you know, discriminatory in that way. Um... What do you have to say to that, Joe? <laughs> so like, a lot to no, respond lot to. Me, no, a lot of me agrees with you, right? And so, like, say it's like I'm like a big fitness enthusiast, right? And so you get these like bodybuilding and like bodybuilding purists, you know? It's like, yo, I'm gonna just like bench press. I'm gonna do like the old school bodybuilding. I'm gonna do what Arnold Schwarzenegger did, right? And then like these guys scoff at like CrossFit, for example, yeah. right? And you're like, oh, like, you guys are kipping on pull-ups. You guys are throwing your backs out, like, doing these weird, like, you know, like, clean put, like clean presses and stuff. Like, And so you look at it, and, like, everyone is a purist in their own sense. Like, no, there are purists, and there are, like, these crossover types. 
And like CrossFit's literally a crossover type between like cardio fitness plus weightlifting, right? And they they like advertise it as like a functional strength, mm. right? But then bodybuilders look at weightlifting as this is the purest the form of like fitness because we're trying to achieve the greatest human body that is like physically possible, you know, the pieces in. with or without enhancements, mm-hmm. right? And so like, so you have like these like factions right and in the same way like there's a part of me that doesn't like the other part of me that enjoys a korean taco there's a part of me that enjoys korean food as it was in korea and like having been to korea like you enjoy like that food there and then you come to america and you're like oh man even the korean food as it is here that is intended to be the korean food as it is there isn't even the same and so like having lived in japan too right like people always ask me is a sushi in america as good as it is in japan and like i feel like you're obligated to say like oh it's not nearly as good you know or like oh the experience is not nearly the same but at the same time like you come to accept a certain standard of food being here in america recognizing as you said that there is a form of that food that needs to be marketed to the people as a whole, you know? And so, like, for it to be palatable to, like, the masses, for them to even make money, you can either sacrifice on quality, you can sacrifice on the authenticity, but you have to make it more, you have to make that middle ground as big as you can, you know? And so, like, I can't hold it against any restaurant or any business or any like individual that decides that they want to go in that path, you know, um, simply because like it's the nature of the beast, right? We are who we are. We are where we are and we struggle to um, find that sweet middle ground there. And like there's another part of me that finds the idea of fusion food enticing in the sense that it's a to use the term gateway drug <laughs> gives it a negative connotation. But you know how I was, like, whenever you and I, we took D.A.R.E. back in middle school, they were like, oh, marijuana is a gateway drug to heroin, mm-hmm. you know? I want people to get to the heroin of Korean food. <laughs> like, not to say that I want people to do heroin, obviously. But, like, I would, like, they're, like people, like, they'll come to me and they'll say, you know, I have this Korean food at this restaurant, and I was like, "Oh, what restaurant?" They'd be like, "Oh, it's like some like it's like some random restaurant that happens to serve Korean mm-hmm. food." They'd be, like, "Oh, I had bulgogi, mm-hmm. right?" Right, and you'll be like, "Oh, shoot, that's really great!" And like, "How'd you like it?" They're like, "Oh, I thought it was awesome." And I was like, "Have you had authentic bulgogi before?" You know? They'd be like, "No, I haven't." And then so me, for what I see in that moment is an opportunity, is that like they've tasted something that they enjoyed right and they tasted a version of it that they enjoyed Mm -hmm. and it was just like a small flavor of what actual korean food's like and so like for me i'm like hey do you want to try what it's really like and so like there's a part of me that really enjoys fusion food because it is that gateway drug into real korean food you know and so like i think some people need that bridge they need that gateway drug not to say this is obviously not a podcast advocating drugs, but I'm just likening one to the other. 
but anyway, so like, um, yeah, like I think fusion food could be that gateway drug into like whatever authentic, uh, ethnic food that you want to introduce to someone else. So like, I guess to say where I stand on it, I guess I'm a fan. I would say I'm a fan so long as we don't lose what actually was there in the beginning. And I don't think that'll ever go away. I think it, well, there's a lot for me to kind of respond to. And I think I kind of, I wish I was taking notes to be honest with you, man, because I wanted to kind of rebuttal some things, not in disagreement, but just kind of respond. You can disagree. It's not about disagreeing. I, I think it's more so me talking about the idea of like, we're talking a lot about authenticity. We're really getting at tradition, which a lot of any culture struggles fact. When anybody, even if you're, you're an Italian chef, all of a sudden, everyone, this is Italian food. This is the way it is. This is how Northern Italians make it. This, I, I try to relate it to another culture because then I say it's not specific to just Asian people because we can always make our own stories too. But like all of a sudden, you're making like a Parmesan foam and it's delicious, but everyone else that's traditionalist or people that claim to what, what Italian food is are telling you that it's not. Like, oh, this is not Italian. But who defines that, you know? Right. Who's allowed to take to, to talk about it that way? And I feel like when you, you do it that way, it just seems, I don't know, uh, obnoxious, I guess, is what it really comes down to. Yeah. And, I, and when, I, when I kind of maybe kind of get at what, what makes you feel like that you're offended, I'm not saying you're obnoxious. I'm just saying this. you're coming from the standpoint of like, uh, I would like to think like, hey, peop, you're being hopeful and saying that hopefully this is a gateway to get people into actual Korean food, but also maybe you're offended because this is what they also think Korean food is. You know what right. I mean? Like, no, that, that's, no, a great point. Idea that's a really good point. Of what, they, they could be mistaken their entire life because these are the same communities that have never met an Asian person, but maybe they all of a sudden start getting introduced to the food this way. So this is their... It's when you're like, your first experience can only experience once, and then that paints the remaining of your experiences. So they might have that authentic Korean food and be like, that's nasty. That's not Korean food. It's like me saying I love Mexican food because I enjoy Taco Bell. Yeah, that's fair. Or the, the inverse, like, I don't enjoy like, Mexican this food. Is real, Mexican food. this is real Korean food. And I think the buzzwords that we see, right. like, especially with, like, Korean being so hot right now, and I was joking to Joe a bit earlier about how um, Dr. Dung was actually, like, the popping food, like, the best food of 2019. Well, Fungbo's food, this YouTube channel, like, was talking about Asian food trends, how they come and go. They highlighted Thai, it. Thai, uh, ice cream, Thai rolled ice cream and... Um, yeah, you're talking like, yeah, oh, you know, I think chicken stews, like hot soups are going to be really hot. And they, <laughs> I knew exactly what they were talking about. Um, Gateway drugs. It's baby. funny because I, I don't know if we're, we, Joe and I were talking this before, prepping ourselves for this conversation about how I don't know if we'll ever see the same level of like Chinese American with foods like Korean, but I'm already seeing it like slightly, like there's like buzzwords. If people want to introduce Korean people to like, or non Korean audiences or maybe typically eating foods like They'll mention gojujang, you know what I mean? They'll talk about Korean fried chicken, twice fried chicken, you know? Like, if you say, you say twice fried, I think Korean, you know? Like, that's right. That's where my head goes. Um, or, you know, kimchi, like, this is kimchi fried rice, or this is, like, like kimchi-based this, and all of a sudden it's Korean. And, like, I, I actually, even when we started this conversation, I thought to myself, I don't even know if I have too many examples of what Asian fusion even is. I, I literally just live looking up on Wikipedia. I'm like, is it just, like, an Asian influence? And maybe you'll take a certain dish and just throwing some like elements like, it's i the funny thing is vietnamese cooking doesn't even have that many spices dude it's like mostly just cilantro yeah, no, it's, it's herbs it's fresh herbs you know you're right it's cilantro it's yeah. like basil it's it's mint it's like very focused in that you want to wrap something 
in all these herbs, similar to what you do with like maybe Korean barbecue, like you wrap it up and you dip it in some delicious sauces. All of our sauces happen to be fish sauce based, most likely. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it's such a dicey conversation in, in general, and why I don't try to get too built up about it because I think I do take the positive out like that you do. Is like I'm just happy that people are eating right. it and are experiencing culture, and I feel like it's funny because I think it kind of food for me, anyways, it's hopefully a way to people to cure ignorance or at least give people a different ideas like you can't be that racist if you're you love you know right general says that that kind of paradox or that kind of paradigm whether you acknowledge it that it's happening or not like it you know maybe there's 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 hope because you don't just eat one way i feel like eating right uh just a different way of experiencing other people's walking in i want to ask you a question but doing it yourself what's that i got a question so like if whenever like how often like so say you and your siblings get together and you like eat i don't know like is there vietnamese fusion Viet fusion have you experienced anything similar to it i mean i would joke that my mom has been messing with any kind of thing because you know she grows up making the food that we like and she that's why she, she always responds with i'm like mom you make the best version of this she's like no i just made food that you like it was easy you know <laughs> you know you guys seem to love fried things great you know what kid mm-hmm. doesn't but i was like she's just being humble but um i would joke that she probably wish your mom's dude, a great i'm chef, saying she probably way. could take your mom's a great chef too man i was, I was joking about, i was gonna ask you earlier about how like you said you've been cooking more if you're like i use that as an excuse to talk to my mom more about how to make things and like your mom you I should like, do that do the same thing if you want but whatever um i should but uh it's it's interesting interesting because um did i have fusion at home i'm trying to think of, i'm actually like actually trying to Pace through my mind, like not even at home, like outside of the home. Outside of it too. I, the same way I talk about how I don't know if Vietnamese people will ever go through the same kind of experience as Chinese Americans. Like pho will always be pho. Like what else are you gonna be put, right. putting into it? You can pretend to be fancy and use filet mignon, but the only thing that matters is like you know flank steak. Like uh, give me that. I'm, I'm the most yes, basic absolutely. pho, pho or like orderer ever. I just want the rare steak. I don't want anything else in it. It's, Oh yeah, noise. no question. It gets in the way of my experience, but um, I don't know if I had a Vietnamese fusion, man. I don't know if I had, you know, what does that look like? Uh, maybe you know, actually, well, Bonnie? there's a place, there's a, like a truck in like DC that's called like Fa on Wheels, which does like Fa tacos, you know, or like. So I mean, I guess that Bitsy is that so wrong, man? You're like, right? And so like, my question is like. Mm, good. So like when I'm with when I'm with other Koreans, right? The funny thing is that like whenever we eat like any Korean food that's like kind of tailored towards like the general masses, right? One thing that always comes up while we're eating it is saying like, "Oh, this kimchi is not nearly spicy enough." Or like okay. we're like we'll always comment on the fact that like it's like when it's a group of Koreans or no, actually even when I'm eating it with non-Koreans, I always feel obligated to say that is not quite yeah, what as you're experiencing isn't what you think you're experiencing. Yeah. Right. And so, like, I don't know. Like, this is like this literally popped into my head as you were speaking. And so, like, I like I want to dig into this a little bit deeper eventually at some point uh, tomorrow. But like, yeah, it, well, it already is tomorrow. It's twelve oh, three. I was gonna say, dude, this just could be a whole other podcast because I. I this could hold this could be i want so to like be. honestly i'll like i'll like let this go at this point but like 
the the thought of it is like this isn't as authentic as I want it to be and I always feel like I need to represent whatever I'm eating in the most positive light be like oh like you think you like this wait till you try that you know or like wait till you try the real it's, just, it's pride man I think it's that's, that's what we're talking about you it take is. so much pride we are trying to struggle so much about what it means to be Asian American but we part of our livelihood is ingrained in what we ate and what we grew up doing and that's like the closest part yes. to our culture that we can without being there is having the food that we think we all share so once you speak you know, into dude, my somebody's soul. like this what you feel like I do the same thing with Vietnamese so I'm like and I, I kind of wanted to kind of pivot this into my own story. Sorry if I'm interrupting. I want you to finish your side. No, no. It's just no, like, you're the same good. way I keep, I, I, I feel shaming myself. I'm doing it already. It's like, when people think about Vietnamese food, they only think about pho. But I'm like, there's so much more to Vietnamese food. Right? That maybe the only I will enjoy. But like, you think, there's like 10 other noodle soups out there, you know? I can get really, really, like, Viet on you. But like, that's more, that's no, that's, a, that's a false way to flex. I, I'll just say that there's, there's a really great... Thing that I don't think anyone else would ever try, but it's called, um, and I'm not even gonna get into like the other hype beast uh, noodle soup, which is the spicy version of uh, which is bung bao huay. But um, I like be a bung rio man. It's like a nice. Uh, you use the same kind of vermicelli noodles that you would, but it's like crab meat instead, and it's like really heavy on the tomatoes. Like no one will ever eat it or know about it unless you're actually like Vietnamese or you know married to a Vietnamese person like my wife, you know. Um, but either way, as I feel like those, that, I, that, that's what you're kind of describing there. It's like, you're eating this Korean food now, but imagine if you had this thing, you know? Like, and I, that's why yes. I was all hype. I'm like, dude, I, 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 would, I tell everybody all the time, like, Korean food is probably like one of my favorite, like one of my favorite foods. But like, I had, I, I'd only got the, like the tip of the iceberg. And now I'm like, the more I hang out with you, I'm getting more. I was deprived right. of that when you went to Japan. That's why I was so angry, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> Who knows if I even go again? Who knows? Who knows, man? But yeah, yeah, let me just, yeah, I'm going on a tangent. I just kind of wanted to address the three things when I think about food, fusion, is the tradition, which everyone argues about, authenticity, same thing. Yes. And then how much pride, because we just, we care about it, and it's part of our identity, you know? You summed up my soul so perfectly with those three points. And this is why I think this is a great podcast. And you know what? The eight of you, maybe nine of you that listen to it now, I don't care what you think. Vinny speaks to my soul. <laughs> he does. He understands me, and he gets me. We're, uh, we're just an echo chamber for, for each other, Joe. We, we just see the same things. You know, We appreciate the same things. We Absolutely. agree that Tom Brady is a system quarterback. <laughs> oh, whoa. whoa! I had to ruin the like, good vibes. I'm sorry for your... <laughs> I'm sorry for your earphone, earphone listeners, like, if that just blew your fucking eardrums out. But that, like, my ears are physically bleeding right now. Physically bleeding from that statement. Anyways, uh, moving beyond that blasphemy, heresy. Um, Vinny gets me outside of the Patriots in Boston sports. Boston. But, um. Dude, I was about to go on this like goodwill rant about Vinny and like how like he's like the greatest podcast co-host, best friend I could ever have. But you know what? Vinny just dropped <laughs> down the tier from like best friend to like acquaintance in like the span of like thirty. So seconds. you're still the best podcast host and best friend I could also ever have, too, man. <laughs> that was not me smooching at him. I swear. <laughs> I'm not kidding. We should but, um, record a podcast tomorrow. We should. We should. 
Um, because I know some of my favorite podcasts have just been recording back to back to back to back. Like I think some of them normally put out one week and ep- like a, one episode a week. Have been doing five <laughs> to six consecutive episodes, and we just need to milk this for whatever it is until Joe leaves my Monday. So that's why we have to no, produce you know as much what? content no, as I- possible. This is not drunk Joe speaking, but like I'm gonna bring my microphone and my laptop with me to whatever state I'm activated to. You don't know that. Um, and as soon as I get some free time, like they've suspected that I might work seven days a week, which would be like devastating to me because I've never done that before in my life. But um, like, as, now actually, you know, I have doing other army stuff, but like as soon as I get free time, Vinny, you and I, we're potting. Like we, this has to happen. And so for those of you who love listening to the Two Asians podcast, the show will go on. If West if Westworld can keep making episodes despite its terribleness, the Two Asians <laughs> podcast with this quality content should be able to thrive despite all adversity. Yeah. Like many sports players, we're gonna turn this into a comedy routine, which in which they always go back to the same stuff they were talking about at the beginning. All, honestly, all these things I realize they all end the same way. I did watch Ronnie Chang stand up, and they always try to do that same thing. They just wrap it all up in a bow by referencing back to the stuff they talked about earlier. Mm, it's a great comedy, comedy it's a classic comedy movie. everybody does it yeah I mean and so those of you who've been quarantined what else do you have to do but listen to the two Asians podcast nothing yeah. tell so your I'm friends working really hard 9 to 5 and then outside of those hours goofing off <laughs> that's what we do but um yeah subscribe like us give us 5 stars Literally, no one's commented on our Instagram posts, which is like kind of like kind of depressing. <laughs> um, so, like, if you do listen to this, if you if you've gotten to the one minute thirty seven minute or one hour thirty seven minute mark, like, comments on our fucking Instagram, man. Like, Call us on. out if you think that we are bastardizing uh, and are the worst representations of either of our respective cultures, man. You know, let me know. I want to hear from you because people talk about it all the time. Yeah, like sometimes we'll get DMs, but like I got one from like Ben Song. I'm going to just keep blasting your name, Ben Song. Got one from Vinny's sister and Bleep, you know. I don't know if she listens. Does she listen or does she just follow Instagram? I think she just follows Instagram, but I'm not going to give her a hard time no. about that. Does your sister listen? Okay, no. that's cool. I'm, I feel, None of my I siblings listen. That. None of my siblings listen either. Um, yeah. Fuck our siblings. No, just kidding. I love oh, my, my siblings. siblings too, man. Especially at a time like this. I had one of my, my good buddies actually do the smart thing. Of um, He was out in California, uh, but he actually quarantined himself back home. Um, so he flew back and stuff. But uh, I know for, for a fact that he also doesn't listen to the podcast. I was going to use this as an opportunity to roast <laughs> him, but... <laughs> uh, I got a couple good friends that listen, though. That's true. Yo, Josh, I want to give a shout-out to you. I Dude. love you, bro. No, that's it. That was it. Josh, oh. I love you. Hey, Ben, I know you listen. Uh, also, actually, shout-out to uh, Shannon's sister, Caitlin. I know she also listens, too, so mad respect. I know we've been talking a lot about food today, but I also wanted to say who uh, a plant-based life actually is something that I've considered much more heavily since knowing her, so... Oh, yeah, she's dude. She's actually hey, is a you... serious vegan. Oh shit! Hey, props to props to you, 
Vinny's sister and Lau's sister. No, uh, that would just be um, her. Okay, yeah, you're correct. But yeah, like, hey, if if you listen to this pod regularly and we didn't give you a shout out, shout us out. Yeah, call us out. Say why didn't you talk? Why didn't you say anything about me? Exactly. I don't know who you are. Let let us know. We'll shout you out. But um, but yeah, thanks for listening to the Two Asians Pod tonight. I'm Joe. I'm Vinny. Please stay with us. And now, dumbfounded. I feel so ancient. They say Asian, don't raise it. Went from young and the dangerous to making all of my payments. When I get wasted as shit, it take two days to get fixed. They ask me, what's your skin regimen, bitch? I drank like a fish. I done did everything, anything, all of my teens. Uppers and downers and all in between. Gave lovers the boot and giving them rings. From baggy to skinny with all of my jeans. 15 seconds of shine. Turned into six seconds on a vine. Now it's real fake in real time. Acting hella extra on their lives. Little homie flexing, that's cute. They see my mural like, that's you. Oh man, but anything brand new. Better cuff your girl, I still pull I mind my business, y'all start wars I'm Michael Jackson eating popcorn But keep testing and talk more I'll send that ass to the chalkboard I put them on the wave But today I'm feeling washed And off my game And I feel my age Never played it SAFE And I never let it stress me Shoot my shot like Smith and Wesson Up until they come arrest me Again, um, what's your name again? Hmm. Used to open up, now the main event. If I could rage again, then I would go and peep the ATM. Look, yeah, I feed the fam like I should. I still represent the same hood. I'll forever, ever stay put. Hey, you're not the hardest artist, but you'd never know because I'm modest. True, I never signed on that dotted, but came out the game cum laude. Dearly departed. Y'all were like hot for a minute, but you wasn't on it. Should have been honest. You were so busy just looking at comments, running through thotties and ran into problems. Still don't have a Lambo, but I'm eating well in Nando's. Walking clubs with my sandals. Pull some strings like it's a banjo I could probably clear a sample Old enough to be a sample I just want a couple thank yous And wash them bad onto my ankles I put, I put them, on, them on the way the way. But today I'm feeling washed, feeling washed And I'm feeling off my game, my game And I feel my age Never played it SAFE And I never let it stress me Shoot my shot like Smith and Wesson Up until they come arrest me Be keeping up